Gracious God, thank you for this opportunity to be together and to hear your word. Give us ears now to hear what you want to say to us. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the, the title of my sermon for this New Year's Day is, It's a Fruitful Life. And uh, that's what I pray will be our goal as individuals and as a church family, a fruitful life. Of course, I've adapted that from uh, the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, which I saw last night. And I, I try to see every year, uh, this, this time of year, beginning of a new year. You know the plot of that movie, of course. Uh, at the beginning, George Bailey is suicidal. He's had to give up his dreams in order to stay in his hometown of Bedford Falls because the family business is failing. So he has to stay uh, to save the family business. And he's given his life really to help other people. But now his business is failing and he's about to be ruined by his arch nemesis, the greedy Mr. Potter. So an angel comes to help George Bailey. Clarence Oddbody, angel second class, to the rescue. And Clarence's job is to remind George that his life does matter, that he is a success because of all the good he's done for other people. You know, that movie, some people say it's just a little too sugary and too sentimental for them, but, but I like to watch it each year because it taps into this desire that we all have to make our life count, to make a difference. But you know, Jesus calls us as his disciples to have, if not a wonderful life, a fruitful life. In fact, he said that to his disciples in John chapter 15. He said, I have appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, fruit that will remain. What does it mean to be a fruitful Christian? I think, once again, this is our goal of the Christian life and should be something that we focus on this year. So what does it mean to be a fruitful Christian? Well, I think it means something like this. Based on my reading of the New Testament, there's many passages that talk about fruit, but I think to be a fruitful Christian means something like this. It means becoming more like Jesus Christ year after year, growing in Christ-likeness, and it also means helping other people know Christ and grow in Christ. And so, once again, I think that should be a target for our life this year and every year of our life, to be a fruitful Christian, to grow in Christ-likeness, and to help other people know Christ and to grow in Christ. But there are going to be some things that prevent us from obtaining our goal. And that's what Jesus warns about in the parable of the sower. Some spiritual conditions of the heart that can choke out the work of God in our life and prevent us from being fruitful. So I want us to be on the lookout for these things in 2017. So what are they? Well, first of all, Jesus talks about what I'm going to call the hard soil of spiritual indifference. The hard soil of spiritual indifference. He talks about the seed that was sown along a well-worn path, and the seed represents the Word of God, but it never penetrates the surface of the path because it's a hard surface. And 
and the birds come and then devour the seeds. And Jesus says, this is what happens when somebody hears the word of God, but doesn't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches it away before the word has had a chance to really work. And the problem is they don't understand the word of God. Now, Jesus isn't talking about understanding it intellectually so much. He's not saying this is about people who intellectually don't understand or can't comprehend the word of God. But he's talking about people who don't understand because they're not trying to understand. They're complacent. They're indifferent. Or spiritually lazy. And you notice that throughout the Gospels, have you ever noticed that when Jesus gives a parable, oftentimes he doesn't really explain the parable to the crowds. The disciples have to go to him later. They, they have to be interested in the meaning of the parable. And they have to go to Christ and seek out the meaning of the parable. But indifferent people aren't going to get it. Many people didn't seek Jesus out to understand the parable of the sower. But Jesus gave the explanation to the disciples who came to him later. That's why we have this, this lovely explanation that Jesus gives of this parable. The disciples asked him, or Jesus taught them, what the parable was about. But many people didn't seek to know. They were complacent or indifferent. And so Jesus' teaching went, went, went one ear in one ear and out the other. And this is what happens, Jesus says, the enemy is quick to snatch away whatever God was beginning to do if we're spiritually indifferent to the Word of God. So in 2017, you know, we're going to hear a lot of Scripture being read if we come to church regularly. And you guys are the ones who come to church regularly. You're here on New Year's Day, so <laughs> you're the ones who are going to hear a lot of Scripture Sunday after Sunday. And I'm going to prepare a lot of sermons, and you're going to hear a lot of sermons. And many of you are in the Bible studies. And I know many of you have a plan to read the Bible regularly. I hope you have a plan this year. If you haven't had a plan like that in the past, to read the Bible, a portion of Scripture, each and every day. And to teach it to your, to your family. And it's a blessing, it's a great blessing, that we are in a church where we're regularly exposed to the Word of God. But there's a danger here. There's a danger of letting the Word of God kind of just scatter over the surface of our life like seed on hard soil, rather than letting it really sink in and, and get some roots in our life. So let's not be like those who are spiritually indifferent or complacent. Let's let the Word of God sink into our lives. Let's seek to understand with our minds and our hearts what God is speaking to us through His Word and what He'd have us to do. That is the starting point of spiritual fruitfulness. To let the Word of God sink deeply into our lives and then to, to think about it and prayerfully consider what is God saying to me? What sort of attitudes is God speaking to me about that I need to have in my life? What actions does God want me to do based on His Word? and follow his word in obedience. So let's watch out for this bad soil of spiritual indifference. And then there's the rocky soil that causes shallow roots. Shallow roots. And the problem with the shallow roots, is, as Jesus says here, is, is, is uh, when, when the heat comes, the sun rises, 
the plants with shallow roots are scorched and they wither away. The problem with shallow roots is that when the storms come, the plant's going to be uprooted because it doesn't have any stain power. And we've all seen examples of this in nature, how a plant is uprooted or is toppled over because of its shallow roots. I saw this kind of in dramatic, a dramatic example of this several years ago when we were visiting Montana. We were in Glacier National Park. We've been there several times. But on this particular occasion, there had been a storm that had come through the park, some, some flooding and high winds. And we went through this section. It's, it's one of the most beautiful sections of Glacier National Park, which means, I think, one of the most beautiful sections in North America, beautiful places in North America. It's called the Walk of the Cedars. And some of these cedar trees in this section are 500 years old or, or, or older. Beautiful trees. But I saw dozens, maybe even hundreds, of these magnificent giant cedars falling on the ground because of this storm that had come through. And they looked so strong on the outside, but the problem with these trees was the root system was mainly on the surface. And they hadn't dug deep into the soil. And so when the storms came, they toppled over. And so Jesus is cautioning us here. Shallow roots are not enough to hold us. Not when the trials come. Not when the persecution comes. We need deep roots which happen through engagement with Scripture and prayer and in relationships with one another in the body of Christ. Jesus is specifically talking to his disciples here about tribulation and persecution that's going to come to them because they identify with him. Trials and persecution that, that, that come as a result of being identified simply as a Christian. And we see that, of course, happening throughout the world. And we see some terrible examples of what our brothers and sisters throughout the world are suffering in terms of persecution. And those who withstand that, the reason they withstand is because of the deep roots of faith that they have. And that's a witness to us here in America, isn't it? To see our brothers and sisters go through those things and uh, still cling to God in faith. But you know, there's pressure here in North America and the United States um, that comes on account of Jesus Christ. There's pressure to keep quiet about Jesus. There's, there's, there's pressure to compromise on our morality. There's pressure on our students, peer pressure on our students to kind of give in to the value system of the world. And so we need deep roots to withstand that kind of pressure. And Jesus, of course, he's talking primarily, I said, about these trials that come as a result of just being a Christian. But I think we can apply this principle to all sorts of trials and troubles that we go through. Because they, they, they will test our faith as well. What are we going to face in 2017? Only God knows what sort of trials that we might have to go through in our lives and in our families and in the church. Health crisis, financial difficulties, family problems. We need deep roots to hold us fast to God to be fruitful. And those roots are deepened as we engage in scripture, as we engage in prayer, and as we develop and maintain our relationships here in church. So the third kind of bad soil that Jesus warns us about is the soil of the thorn patch. This is the seed that's cast among the thorns. It's planted, it begins to germinate, it starts growing, it might look good, 
and might look promising for a time, but sooner or later the thorns choke out the plant. And Jesus explains the thorns that choke out the plant are the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches can choke out the work that God wants to do in our life. I'm reminded of what Jesus said to Martha. You remember that in, in the Gospel of Luke? Martha and Mary, Jesus pays a visit to their home. Mary is busy. Uh, no, Martha is busy getting things ready. She's in the kitchen. She's making the meal. She's setting the table or whatever they had to do in those days to get ready for the guests. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And, uh, and Martha says, Jesus, Jesus. Please tell Mary to get busy and to help me. And Jesus says these words, Martha, Martha, you are worried or you are concerned. It's the same word that Jesus uses here in this parable, that the cares of the world can choke out the work of God. It's the same word when he says, uh, you are, Martha, worried or concerned about many things, but only one thing is needful. But she was so distracted by the pressing and practical concerns that she missed fellowship with Jesus Christ. And that can happen in our lives. I mean, we can be busy and distracted by so many things. And there are things that we have to play, pay attention to, things that we have to do. But we can't let those things squeeze out fellowship with God and his word. Lots of reasons in 2017 to be anxious and there'll be plenty of things to worry about. There will be bills to pay and kids to worry over and grandkids to worry over and projects to complete and deadlines to meet and decisions to make. But Jesus is warning us here, don't let those concerns choke out your fellowship with God and his word. And then he says the deceitfulness of wealth can also choke out the word of God because if our priority is on making money and looking to material things for security, we'll be unfruitful for the kingdom of God. And so at this point, let's just step back and, and take a, a spiritual soil sample of our life and maybe do that periodically throughout this year to kind of take this self-examination and ask ourselves, where, where is the spiritual condition of my heart at the beginning of 2017. Our goal is to be fruitful for Christ. We want to be more Christ-like. We want to share Christ with others. We want to help people grow up in Christ, our children and our grandchildren, our friends and our neighbors. And so we need to examine ourselves and look at the condition of our, our hearts. Am I growing spiritually indifferent or complacent like the soil of the hardened path? Are my spiritual roots shallow? Am I vulnerable to being toppled over and uprooted when the winds and rains of trial come? Or am I simply in danger of just being distracted by the cares and concerns of life, by the deceitfulness of wealth and materialism? Let's take a, a soil sample of our hearts this morning and be honest before the Lord about the condition of our hearts. Now, in contrast to the fruitless hearer, this is what the fruitful hearer does, and this comes from a commentator named Robert Gundry. So this is the attitude of the fruitful hearer. Robert Gundry says this, 
the fruitful hearer welcomes the word immediately so it can't be snatched away from Satan. The fruitful hearer welcomes the word deeply so it's not withered by persecution or trial. The fruitful hearer welcomes the word of God exclusively, pays attention to the one thing, the one thing that's most needful, so other concerns do not strangle out the word. And Jesus says this good hearer will bear fruit, and it will yield in one case 100, in one case 60, and another 30. The plant doesn't get to determine how much fruit it yields, but if the conditions are right, it will yield fruit. And that's how it is with our lives. We don't get to determine how fruitful we're going to be, but the promise is we will produce fruit. We will grow in Christ-likeness day by day, year by year. We will affect other people's lives for Christ if we maintain the right spiritual conditions. But we can't give up pursuing this. In our passage from Galatians, the Apostle Paul says, Do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due time you will reap a harvest. Do not grow weary, moms and dads, in raising your children for the Lord. Or grandma and grandpa, for influencing your children for Christ. Don't give up on that. Teachers, Sunday school workers, pastors, deacons, whatever work God has given you to do this year, do not grow weary in doing that because in due time you will reap a harvest. I'm going to end with this uh, illustration from a doctor named Dr. Paul Brand. Anybody hear about Paul Brand? Anybody know that name, Paul Brand? He was a great medical doctor, renowned medical doctor. He worked with leprosy patients, and uh, he developed a, a technique and approaches to folks with leprosy, which resulted in, in saving thousands of people from having to go through amputation. And he received awards for this. And he was a deeply Christian man. Towards the end of his life, he would go around and he would talk to students, primarily college students, about living a fruitful life for Jesus Christ. And he was a great example of that. Not only was he a medical doctor, but he knew something about growing fruit. He was a fruit grower, and he was a careful observer of nature. And he said, in one of his thoughts, he said, you know, the whole purpose of fruit is... is is to reproduce. Fruit is designed for reproduction. He said, you know, take a look at a blueberry or an apple. It's very attractive, and it's to attract an animal or a person to come along and pick that fruit and open it up and eat some of the fruit, and hopefully in that process, the seeds will fall to the ground and the fruit will be able to reproduce. And he said, think about an apple or a pear. It's weighted so that when it falls to the ground, it makes a slight indentation in the soil. I hadn't thought about that. But it's weighted just so that when it falls to the ground, if the soil conditions are right, it'll make an indentation in the soil. It contains just enough meat to nourish the seeds inside. And when it dies, it's going to leave seeds in that indentation. God's designed fruit to reproduce. And God has called us as his disciples to be fruit-bearing disciples. To reproduce something of the life of Christ in our life and in the life of others. So we want to influence others for God. 
We want to leave seed. We want to have an effect on the soil, the spiritual climate around us, so that future generations will grow up in Christ. Let's make that our calling and our goal. It is our calling. Let's make it our goal for 2017. I want to be a fruitful Christian for Christ in 2017. And if we do that, if we have a fruitful life, guess what? It's going to be a wonderful life too. Let's pray. Gracious God, I do pray that you'll help us to be fruit-bearing disciples for you. Help us to look around in our spheres of influence how we can impact the lives of others. I thank you so much that the people that are here today in this room have this vision of being a fruitful disciple of Jesus Christ and are bearing fruit. I pray, God, that you'll help us not to grow weary in that task in 2017. And God, I hope, I, I pray that we'll step back periodically throughout the year and just kind of examine our, our life to see if there are things that are choking out the Word of God. Help us to be aware of those distractions and worries that can distract us from the task that you've given us to do. Lord, we dedicate this new year to you, and we rededicate our lives to you, to being fruitful disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.